1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on a big weekend of action and get set for European football this week. Celtic are in Rotterdam preparing for Feyenoord off the back of a routine home win against Dundee. Rangers have until Thursday to wait but did get back to winning ways at a cost with a Danilo injury in the win at St Johnston. There were big victories for the likes of St Mirren and Hearts with the Nick Montgomery era getting off to a draw at Kilmarnock. I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight you have Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna. It's football's equivalent of Christmas Eve, Gordon. The night before the Champions League start for Celtic a year ago, it was the thrill of Real Madrid. This time, it's the Dutch champions, Feyenoord, who have scored 17 goals in their last three games. It promises to be some spectacle in a decoy tomorrow night. And then, of course, Rangers without Danilo against Real Betis and Aberdeen against an Eintracht Frankfurt side that only 18 months ago won a European trophy. It won't be long that we find out how we really gauge against Europe's elite? Fairly routine, I would say, for the domestic football this weekend. Obviously, the old forum both getting wins and then the, the third biggest team in the country, oh, of course, getting back to winning ways, which was absolutely fantastic, Roger. But I must say, as much as I, I'm passionate about Scottish football and I love it, very excited to see European football back again. So, a couple of big fixtures this week. Absolutely, especially when we are involved. 0141-951-1025. Come on down, let us know what you're thinking tonight. If you do want to look back... On the weekend's performances, it's quite simple. What did you make of them? If there were any big talking points, any refereeing decisions, any controversies you want to go over, pick up that phone. Uh, for you Rangers fans, of course, it was a, a very interesting team selection. Lots of changes. Danilo then gets injured. Are you closer to knowing what that, that best starting eleven is? What did you take away from the win in Perth? For you Celtic fans, it's such a different challenge, isn't it? Home game against Dundee, then Feyenoord in the Champions League. We will cross live to Rotterdam we will hear from Brendan Rogers. We'll hear from our reporter Gabriel, uh, who's out there as well. So you can do both at the same time. Look back on the win against Dundee. What stood out for you? And then how does it set you up? What are you looking for tomorrow night? Because these big games are coming thick and fast. So give us a call. Uh, two of our local sides, if you like. It was billed to be a, a big one at the weekend. It was St Mirren that came out on top at Fir Park. So if you have any thoughts on that as well, and anything else out there at all, this is the place to share it. 0141-951-1025. Get your calls in right now if you can, and that way we'll try and line them up and get them on very soon. To whet your appetite, though, what was your result of the weekend, Roger Hanna? I'm going to go for St Mirren. Um, oh, Motherwell were flying high. They were joint top with Celtic and into the game, and St Mirren have gone there, won the game, won the leapfrogged over Motherwell into second place, and it's a really good win for Stephen Robinson back at Fir Park. My first chance for the season to give it to Hearts. So, a big game, obviously. Both teams going into the weekend's fixture with not in the best of runs, shall we call it. So, it was a massive three points and a fairly comfortable one of that as well. Okay. Goal of the weekend? Goal of the weekend, same game for Park. I think I have to give it to Scott Tanzer. He doesn't get too many goals. He's trying to me up. No, 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 not at all. Uh, and they'll tell you, if you play that 3-5-2 or 3-4-3 system, the width comes from your two wing-backs and St Mirren have got two very good ones they'll do well to hold on to Ryan Strain long term I think he got up the right ball across and that's Scott Tanzer was where Scott Tanzer should be and decent mm. finish right okay grudgingly <sighs> it was a couple for the same game it was a toss up between Kyogo and O'Reilly but I went for Matt O'Reilly as it's more 
a team goal. He you know, that's what I look goals. for. So, a couple of uh, great passes I play. It's a, it's a lovely ball for, for Alistair Johnson, at least his Kyogo. Uh, doing what he does, putting in the last line of defence. Lovely bit of movement. Then they cut back to O'Reilly. Uh, put it in the back of the net. So, that's my one for the weekend. Okay, Howler. Who was howling? Howler of the weekend. You have to feel sorry for poor Will Dennis, the commandant goalkeeper. That shot from Lewis Miller off the post. Hits him in the back of the head, ends up in the back of the net, and then just a few minutes later, he goes to kick a clearance and seems to have managed to, broken a, to break a toe while kicking it clear and is now facing a spell in the sidelines. Mm, yeah, that's not ideal. Yours? I'm going to drop down a division and I'm going to go for I feel very, a bit harsh saying David Monroe because I don't know if it was a combination of him or his fourth official, but the decision to send off Matthew Kudjo for Dundee United. United. Wow, I mean. It's not great, is it? Certainly looks like minimal contact to say the least, and I think he's he's been conned a little bit by the Morton player. And I'll tell you what, that must be bad if you're going to overlook the Morton goal. Well, Decky Gallagher's <laughs> a, a, a youth teammate, I mean, so. Incredible. Uh, that's the reason I've stayed clear of that one, but I don't think it's a, a moment Decky will be proud of. Right, okay then. Main man, top performer. Main man, you have to go with Kyogo. I was at the game for Super Scoreboard on Saturday. It, it, it was bizarre. He just ran off and ran up the tunnel, holding his shoulder. At that stage, you just didn't expect him to be back. He had his shoulder popped back in in the dressing room. I'd imagine that would be an ouch moment, Gordon. And not only does he come back out, but he scores the crucial second goal. As Andy said, he teed up the third goal for Matt O'Reilly. He is crucial to Celtic. And Brendan Rodgers... Doesn't seem very happy with the situation over the shoulder, you know, over Kyogo's shoulder, I should say. He'll be a lot unhappier, if that's a word, Gordon, if anything ever happened to Kyogo because he is integral to everything Celtic do. Well, this is the difference between me and Roger because Roger's kicking you when you're down. I was mm. so close to giving my performance of the weekend to Motherwell. See, you're allowed to do that just but because they lost. They because I've, well. ga- I've gave them, it, I think, more than one occasion this season, yeah, to be honest. Enough. but. Stuart Kirtwell called it their best performance since he got the job in February and from what I watched some of the football they played was excellent but delighted for my mate Liam Boyce I noticed that Roger put him in his, his team of the week yeah. and I thought his overall contribution to the game I thought he was the best player on the pitch uh, and it's his first goal since he's, he's horrific uh, knee injury so I, absolutely delighted I always think that when guys are out that length of time when they come back there's always a moment when you think that's them officially back now and I think Liam Boyce scored in that goal you could almost see it the relief in his celebrations mm-hmm. when he scored a long time out with that horrible cruciate injury great to see him back scoring okay What's your, are you injured? yeah it's just a it's a sort of ongoing issue that I've had for a while now. Uh, nothing too serious, but mm. uh, yeah, hopefully back for uh, this weekend. I got a text from Andy Halliday at half past three on Saturday afternoon, and I thought, and I know he's out the picture at Hearts, but I didn't think he was far enough out that he's allowed to sit with his phone out, Roger Hanna, so I knew there must be some explanation. So he's there like, we are. He's like Samson in reverse. Samson lost all his power when his hair was cut. That's right. As soon as Andy that. lets his grow. I'm looking at, I love the fact that it's live streamed now as well because I'm looking at it, it's looking fantastic now. Yeah, you can just, you can just eye yourself up for oh, the photo. Can I, can I just say to you, I was in the show last Tuesday with Mark Wilson. There was only one person last week on this show got compliments about their hair from Gordon Duncan's mother think, and it wasn't you I think the less said about that, that right? the better uh, she was impressed with Roger Hanna's haircut apparently oh, I don't know it's Roger. Roger Hanna gets haircuts no offence <laughs> but anyway we'll move on 01419511025 what are you thinking whether it is looking back on the weekend let's do it preview Champions League football tomorrow Celtic fans let's do it anything else out there 01419511025 Ian is a Rangers fan and he's going to kick things off tonight Ian how are you? Not so bad, thank you. What's your point tonight? Well, um, the papers talk about um, 
how this un- the unfortunate accident that befell Daniel mm-hmm. to me and my pals watching it, it was assault. When you launch yourself into that with a player whose feet are off the ground, whose head is down heading, and you contact, you're, you're in there, you're going to take the player's ball and everything. And I've got a feeling that was deliberate. I mean, uh, and it was it was just the same as what happening all over the park. A team would get seven yellow cards. Matondo, he, he was only on the park and he was sent crashing. No, I'm sorry. Mm. To me, that was that was a termed assault. You can see the picture when I think it was the Sunday Times yesterday or one of them, where where, where the St Johnson defender's head was. It was right in Danilo's face. Just, hey, just a, a curiosity, the wee right? Let, let's remind ourselves of what, what factually happens here in the sense that Liam Gordon ends up concussed and ends up, he has to go off. But why would he deliberately do that? Probably concussed himself. I don't want to say that. But it, it, was, it provided, it provided uh, the referee uh, with a decision to make. And you didn't have to make any decision didn't have to book him or send him off. The mere fact he was taken off with a concussion-related incident, which I hope he recovers from, shows that uh, it, it let the referee off the hook. And as far as I'm concerned, no matter, he went he went in deliberately trying to injure the, the player. Wow. That's quite, mm. quite an accusation. I, no, I listen, I don't know Liam Gordon at all. I didn't get the impression at all from the incident on Saturday. He was deliberately trying to fill Danilo. I think he knew... It was a last-ditch challenge, if you like, to try and keep the ball out of the net, which he failed to do. He was concussed. He went off a big Sam McClelland coming on. I don't I, listen. I don't think there was any any element of assault in it. It's a genuine challenge with a lad. He didn't get the ball. He lost the goal. He had to go off with concussion. Mm. He lost the game. They're bottom of the league. I don't think we should kick a man when he's down. It, it would be it would be quite something if um, Liam Gordon did intend all that to <laughs> to pan out the way that it did. I know, I know centre-halves can be daft, but I mean, it doesn't strike you as being a, a good idea. No, and listen, I, I, again, I don't know him personally as well, just like Roger said, but I've watched plenty of Liam Gordon and he's always been the type of defender that puts his head where it hurts to try and keep the ball at the back of the net, and I think there was no more than that. I certainly don't think there was any uh, malicious intent. Um, he, he clearly thinks it's a ball he can go and win, if not, you know, affect it in terms of maybe deflecting it wide or deflecting it over the bar, and it was just an unfortunate uh, uh, clash and... Listen, it's, it, it's 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 hard for Danilo because he's obviously found a bit of a tough time trying to get up to full fitness, make his way into the team. He obviously got an opportunity, started the game really well with his goal and, and now he's going to be missing a period of time. And one of the things I think Ian would agree with, it's great courage by Danilo. Now, as Andy oh. said, he's not had the greatest start to his Rangers career. Um, I think for some it was a surprise he was in the starting lineup on Saturday and he took the chance really well. You know, it's a ball flashed across by James Tavernier. Takes a bit of courage to stick your head in there because... You know, a lot of the time you will get whacked the way he got mm. whacked. Maybe not to the extent that he got whacked, but he's Is shown that... courage. He's got the reward with a goal. It's put Rangers ahead. It's taken a bit of the heat off Michael Beale. And it's to be hoped that, that both Danilo and Liam Gordon are back soon. How frustrating is that, Ian, on a football sense that, you know, he does obviously take that chance quickly and then the game's over. And then, as Roger says, you'll be without Danilo for a while. Could I ask one more other, of other course. thing? Yeah, on you go. Yeah, see the, the boy Gordon McClellan. Does he have any relation to John McClellan who used to play for Rangers? 
Well, Sam McClellan that came on. Uh, oh, He's Northern Irish. He, he is Northern Irish. Mm. He was a lad who sort of came through the ranks at Chelsea, I think. Ian, I honestly don't know if he's related to Big John. That was. I've, a... I've been trying to Google that. I don't see. I mean, funny enough, it's the same spelling. Remember yep. John McClellan who played for Rangers. The cap- captain of Rangers captain forty years ago. Oh, listen, you know, someone, someone in Roger Hanna's paper would have picked up on it if it was, so I'm going to assume Well, I was just about really. to say, Ian, if Roger Hanna doesn't know, I don't even think Sam McClellan knows, because you Roger I, knows, he's, he's the man that knows all. You and I are wasting our time. Was that, you know, to use that, that phrase, kind of bittersweet, Andy, for, for Danilo and for Rangers, for a split second, do you think, oh, that's good, if you're Michael Beale, there's Danilo, fans have been wanting to see him, Gets his goal, mm-hmm. um, but you know, thirty seconds later, you, you realise it comes at a cost, and he's he's out for I don't know how long. But yeah, well, I, listen, I like I liken it to what sort of Roger just mentioned about Liam Boyce a couple of minutes ago. That that was almost the moment where you feel as if Danilo needed that sort of monkey off his back to get that that big goal. His uh, his first start for for a number of weeks now, and and again, I, I actually mentioned it on the show last week. From what I've seen of Danilo, although he's not you know set the world alight, I like his attributes. You can see why he's a goal scorer. You see the pedigree that he's got and the and the goals that he scored at, uh, at Feyenoord last year because he's he's got good anticipation in the box, he, he's off the ball movements there and you can see he's got composure when the ball comes into the box as well uh, and I think it was massive for him to go and get that goal but obviously, you know, very, very bittersweet and then needs to come off that seems as if it's a, an injury that sort of I like to what Callum McGregor suffered from yep. last year and I think he was out between six weeks to two months come back with a mask and it seems as if it's something that he had to then play on and wear for, for a while so it does seem as if he's going to miss an extended period of time which is obviously a blow to, to him and Rangers hear from Michael Bailey thinks Rangers had good energy against St Johnston but of course Danilo's injury felt had an impact on momentum and he's disappointed for the striker after that opening 15 minutes yeah, I thought we started the game really well we got control of the game um, I thought we had good energy in, in the four forwards and we scored a fantastic goal, a really good play from Sam and Tav. It wasn't the first time we got down the side of St Johnston, but it's an excellent goal. Great finish from Danny. And obviously in that moment with the injury to the two players, the game stopped for a long time. So obviously um, they lose one to concussion and it looks like, well, I know he has. He's fractured his cheekbone, Danny. So we'll have to see how long he's out for. But he's got a fracture on his face there and he's away and hopefully will be operated on this evening. So it's... It's a really disappointing moment for, for the team that because obviously, you know, with Danny's had a couple of bits going on, he's had this two weeks to get himself fit and goes and scores and it was a real big moment for him to get the injury at the time. I thought after that the game got a bit stuffy because it lost momentum. <clears throat> Second half, I thought we created more good chances than we took, but I'm delighted with the goal because I thought that was an excellent goal as well. Great pass from Tom. And finally, Rabi's been getting those type of chances quite frequently of late and uh, it was nice to see him take one because he deserves it. It was an interesting team selection from Michael Beale at the weekend. What did you, you make of it? Uh, surprised in the inclusion of Ben Davies um, for two reasons I think John Suter for the most part this season has performed really well uh, I think a couple of goals this season he's not not shown his best moments in but I think over the piece he's done really well uh, and also the fact that Ben Davies for a number of weeks seemed as if he was out the picture and potentially on his way out the door but uh, he's came in I thought he performed really well so maybe that's a bonus to Michael Beale and Rangers that you know, they have got a player that's still committed to the club and can go and make a, a, a positive contribution. Um, seeing Yilmaz in there when it was only you know a few days prior that he's been announced that he's not in the European squad, I think I was quite surprised at that. Uh, in terms of the, the, the inclusions up front in Lundstrom, I wasn't too 
uh, too surprised I fully expected Danilo to come back in um, and Lundstrom I wasn't too surprised either but certainly the two at the back I was yeah, I was quite surprised with Are we any closer Roger because look um, you should never overlook positives winning games of football is the priority Rangers needed to win according to most people as in really needed it yeah. um, they went there and they did it are we are we closer to seeing real positives in the sense of you know who the, who the best sort of attacking options are or or what that style is or, or whatever the, the sort of criticism that we've heard on the phones well, in the last couple of weeks? I think that, that horrible injury to Danilo sort of overshadowed the game, overshadowed the result, overshadowed the significance of the win for Michael Beale. Had Rangers just gone there and won 2-0 with that performance and Danilo wasn't injured, I would have been interested to hear the, the reaction from Rangers fans. I was... At Celtic Park, I was listening to Super Scoreboard on Saturday, and the guys in the studio, Dan, Hugh, Mark, Andrew, they weren't talking as if it was a, you know, a scintillating display by Rangers of you know great attacking endeavour. And there was a lot of spell early in the second half when St Johnson had a go that, that there was a couple of scary moments for Rangers there. So they're far from out of the woods yet. I think they'll probably get a free pass on Thursday. I don't think Europa League this season is really the priority for Michael Beale and his players but after Betis there's that 8 day spell in fact that 7 day spell I think Sunday to Saturday where it's Motherwell at home not easy the way they're playing just now as Andy said Livingston and home in a League Cup quarter final a League Cup the Celtic are no longer in Gordon the Rangers are favourites to win and then Aberdeen come to Ibrox I think Motherwell Livy Aberdeen anything short of 3 wins for Michael Beale and he'll feel the scrutiny again from the fans uh, in terms of the performance as a whole I don't think it was electrifying I don't think that you know, Rangers fans are coming away saying it's one of the greatest performances they've seen but I, I did see improvements there in terms of the control with the game I, th- I felt for the most part uh, I don't think St Johnson really put Rangers under much threat I think I don't think it was too dissimilar to a couple of games Livingston at home being one in Ross County that when St Johnson then open up and go to two up front in the second half and try and chase after a goal I thought that's when Rangers really took even more control had more chances looked more dangerous but Michael Beale's mentioned the word wasteful on a number of occasions this year I still feel that that is a big issue at Rangers I still think no, there's a lot of control a lot of good stuff and then when it gets to the final third I just think either decision making or that moment of quality is letting them down There'll be no Danilo there'll be no Cantwell on Thursday night who starts up front for Rangers? I think a big one is I think you'd like to see Kamar Roof start again but uh, three starts in a row as his body as his fitness fitness wise as he's capable of that if he is, I think he's a, a certainty to start. Uh, and again, for me, I, I think a lot of people disagree with this with what I've heard, but I don't think Seema came on and and was overly positive again. I, 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 do, I do think there's moments where he looks really dangerous, but for me, he's not a striker. I, don't, I think any sort of moment when he's playing when he's back to go, I think he can be a wee bit loose. He's not using his body correctly, but I do think he's a winger. I think he's more, he's better running into space, running behind. Uh, does that suit him more in Europe, potentially? But, Listen, he's came under some criticism, Dessers, but I still think he's had a positive influence in games, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him come back in. Right, agree or disagree with what you're hearing, pick up the phone. It's a great time for you Celtic fans. We've just been waiting patiently to make sure everything was all done and dusted in Rotterdam. Gabriel has been at the press conference. We're going to hear from Brendan Rodgers. We'll hear from him setting the scene over in Rotterdam. So we want you to join in. How much are you looking forward to being back hearing that Champions League music? How tough will the task be? How do you look back on Saturday as well? It's obviously an entirely different challenge. How how does it set you up either performance-wise or personnel-wise? Get all your thoughts in ahead of that game in Rotterdam tomorrow right now and we'll speak to you next.
Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hear it. Watch it. Search the YouTube stream now. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday are here. It's 01419511025. So please do get in touch with Rangers fans. We looked back on that performance at the weekend, sparked by the first caller. Uh, so what do you think? What's on your mind? And Celtic fans, now is the time for you to get in touch because we're going to give a big focus to this game in Rotterdam tomorrow. How do you feel about it? Is there Champions League excitement? Is there a, f- a fear or trepidation about that step up in level? How do you look back on the performance at the weekend? How does it prepare you? Who should play? Who shouldn't play? All the usual pre-match questions. Get them into us right now, please. Uh, and we'll have a good old discussion with it. But in the meantime, uh, just to give you the latest from there, let's go live to Rotterdam and speak to Gabriel. Clyde One Super Scoreboard's European coverage with Trustdeed Scotland. For life after debt, visit trustdeedscotland.net. Uh, Gabriel, pleasure to have you I have seen videos of your accommodation That you're staying in in Rotterdam It's the worst I've ever seen So I think we'll, we'll skip right beyond that And just get to the football What is, uh, What's happening over there? Yeah, happy to skip past that, Gordon. But I've just spoken to the Celtic manager, Brendan Rodgers, here in the media room of the Coop at the home of Feyenoord in Rotterdam. Just sitting on the steps outside at the moment. Brilliant stadium and what a game it's going to be tomorrow night. Celtic's opening match in the Champions League. We'll be back here in 24 hours' time. Of course, it's Rodgers first since he returned to the club. And he's experienced it all before here and had two more European campaigns down south with Leicester actually got to the semi-final of a competition, uh, the Conference League, that final went all the way to the final in under Arne Slot. The Northern Irishman says he's very excited ahead of this campaign. He wants to improve on last year's showing. We all know the team earned many plaudits under Ange Postecoglou, but they did finish in last place in their group without a victory. But this time round, Rogers believes his side can progress in Europe. Well, I think success for us as a club is to, as I said, is to be in Europe after Christmas. I think that uh, that that is what our aim is. You know, whatever competition that is in, uh, as long as we're in Europe after after Christmas, that is uh, that is our aim. But like I said, anything is possible in the group, and uh, like I said, we uh, we we look to be competitive in all the games. Yeah, I mean, uh, Roger, that's that's gonna that's gonna be the aim, and it, it, you know what that means. It means you know, obviously, finishing the top two if you can, but almost acknowledge how tough it can be, and if you can finish third place, that would be a success for Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, um, I, I think Celtic will accumulate the majority of their points in this group at Celtic Park. I think that's obvious. Anything Celtic can get on the road is going to be a bonus in this campaign. Um, Atletico Madrid are not the fearsome opponents they were. Five years ago, um, Lazio will hold no great fears for Celtic when one there the last time they were there. They're decent, but they're not completely impregnable. And Feyenoord, for me, the top seeds as Dutch champions. I actually think Feyenoord might be the most awkward of the three opponents simply because of the form they're in, the the goals they're scoring at the minute. Uh, I, I think this could be a really awkward one for Celtic tomorrow night. But... It's not going to define the campaign. I think the three games in Glasgow mm-hmm. will probably define Celtic's campaign. What do you think, Celtic fans? And we'll get to Feyenoord in just a second. Uh, what about personnel-wise, Gabriel? What's the team news? 
Yeah, Nat Phillips is the only major doubt from the weekend. Of course, he came off at half-time in that victory over Dundee. Uh, Rogers said that he'd rolled his ankle, so I don't think we will see him tomorrow. It's likely to be Gustav Lagerbielka and Liam Scales at the start uh, at the centre of defence. Celtic fans would not have expected that at the start of the season. Of course, it's clearly not a full-strength side due to long-term injuries, but Rogers thinks that they can still compete. No, listen, we're not at peak Celtic, is what I would say, and, and we've got a long way to go before, you know, I I think we'll be where I, I'm happy, where I want us to be. However, what the players have shown is that flexibility. Uh, it's about players as well. You bring players back into the, the squad that are injured, then of course the football can look different because you maybe have more dynamism and, and more flexibility and more movement. But I think in terms of stylistically at this level, we want to play the game to our DNA, which is to be aggressive when we're attacking and to have that conviction when we attack. And that all comes from when you defend. You have to have that collective responsibility and that collective uh, resilience. And if you have that in your defending, then you can look to show that in your, your attacking play. Okay, keen to take some calls on this very soon, Celtic fans. So get them in if you can, Gabriel. Let's put the opposition in focus. It is, mm-hmm. as Roger says, top seed in the group. Obviously, people were quick to point out that of all the top seeds, though they obviously don't come as champion of of England or Spain or Italy or Germany. So maybe slightly favourable if that's the right word. But a team in really good form at the moment. Yeah, totally not to be underestimated, Gordon. And you talked about that form; they're flying. At the moment, the last three results, 6-1, 5-1, 6-1. So, I mean, plenty of firepower going forward. What's interesting about them is that they've got a team full of less well-known players, not necessarily household European names that we would know, but they are brilliantly coached by Arne Slot. As I said, he guided them to Eredivisie title last season, only the second time they've won it this millennium. Uh, Their experience recently in Europe progressing, something that Celtic haven't done. Uh, They were in the Europa League quarterfinals last year. The year before, as I said, they were in the Conference League final. Uh, And and also just, we were speaking about it in the press room there, a sliding doors moment. Arne Slot was one of Tottenham's primary candidates to replace Antonio Conte in the summer. He turned them down. In came Ange Postacoglu, which meant Brendan Rodgers came back up to Glasgow so that's just an interesting subplot as well but I was speaking to Slot earlier and he said that he admires Celtic's style of play First of all because they play football which I like to see Um, and that's not only this season that was already the previous seasons as well with their former coach and I think uh, Brendan Rodgers uh, did a very good job at Leicester City Um, uh, reached the semi-final I think of the Europa League one or two years ago with football I think everybody enjoys to watch uh, and this season he does this with Celtic again as well. So there are players um, that stand out for me when it comes to the threat they have. And that is, of course, the two uh, players up front, especially the striker and the left winger as well. They both have a lot of threatening deep runs. But I also like their midfield and the way they play and the style they play. So, um, But it's my belief that the players uh, who have, all of them have individual skills, but they can grow because of the team and you see that the team structure is very good that's why the individuals perform uh, like they do uh, Thank you very much to Gabriel in Rotterdam he'll keep you up to speed on social media as well at Clyde SSB on Twitter uh, if you want to take a look at what's happening over there in a bit more detail want to get back to the phones just now let's bring in Brian who's a Celtic fan not too far from here uh, in Clyde Bank Brian how do you feel about tomorrow? I'm looking forward to it I can't wait 
I think we're in with a good chance. I mean, I know Feyenoord have got a lot of money and stuff, but I still think we're in with a chance. And that's kind of the way it should be, Andy. We'll, we'll find out if the optimism is accurate or misplaced. Feyenoord, th- the funny thing is, by Champions League standards, don't have the... Like we said, we're, we're, not, we're not dealing with elite here. Mm-hmm. We're not dealing with Man City or Real Madrid. But at the same time, you just listen to the form that they're in. What do you think of the, the test that lies ahead? Yeah, listen, I think it's um, they're obviously a big name in European football, but I, I do feel as, as as pot one goes, I think it was your, your probably your best option out that. But listen, it's going to be a tough test. Uh, 17 goals in three games, you've got to be a pretty you know, good attacking side to do that. But you know, they have leaked goals they've conceded in every game this season. Uh, you know, I think the more, more importantly, Jimenez being their top goal scorer last season was sent off in the quarterfinal against Roma, so he's missing the game. And then the backup striker, Ueda, who's... No, keeping out Kyogo for the Japanese side so he must be a good player to sell he's also injured so they've got some uh, some team selection issues there in terms of Celtic it'll be very interesting to see if Rio Hotate comes back in because I think the rest of the team sort of picks itself in my opinion uh, but it was really interesting to hear Brendan Rodgers talk about wanting to play with Celtic's DNA because you know, when you see a team scored 17 goals in the last three games it'd be quite easy to then regress and try and be a bit more stuffy and defensive and, and maybe hit them on the counter attack but you know, it seems if we're in for a for a, a very mm. attacking game for both teams, so it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. Hattati will play. Hattati has to play. Yeah. Again, yeah. We both, for we, me, he's got to play as well. Or, or without it, the only question mark for me is whether it's Phillips or Lagerby Elk. And if you go McGregor, Hattati, O'Reilly, which he will, Maeda, Kyogo, does David Turnbull get in ahead of Yang? Because I think he should. I know it's not quite the balance that Celtic would ordinarily have, but I think if it's Turnbull ahead of Yang, I think that's probably Celtic getting their best players, best available players onto the pitch. Um, Brian, where does the where does the confidence come from? Because obviously Feyenoord, top seeds in the group, it is away from home. Um, Celtic are maybe a bit, I mean, Brendan Rodgers there saying we're not at peak Celtic yet. What makes you think it can be all right on the night tomorrow? Pure faith in my teammate. Simple as that. I think they're good enough to go on. I mean, we're the champions of Scotland, remember? Do you know what I mean? So, mm. I mean, we're champions, they're champions. Anything can happen. I think we've got a good chance and I hope to, I hope they do well. But I'm not too happy either at the same time. About? Uh, flight prices. All right. Did you try and go over, did you? Sorry, I, I was going to go there the day, actually. And, and when I looked at the flight prices, I was astonished. I mean, listen, we try our best to... Discuss various aspects of world football, Roger. I, I don't know what you two have to offer on flight prices. You get any advice? Well, I actually do have something to offer because I was speaking to a friend of mine earlier on whose young son has gone away. Right. And as you would, Gordon, you get dropped at Buchanan Street at half past four this morning, get a get bus, a bus to, to Edinburgh, oh. flew to Carcassonne in France, hung about, flew from Carcassonne to Brussels, hung about, get a train from Brussels to Amsterdam. And the train again from Amsterdam to Rotterdam for the game. And his flights cost him £106. <laughs> Brian, there you go. You should have left last Wednesday. You'd have got there, no bother. <laughs> Sounds like it, aye. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I, I do, I, I, jokes aside, obviously sympathise with how expensive it can be to go and watch uh, football games and so on. But um, I just wonder about the the defence. Gabriel hits the nail on the head there. I, I don't think in the summer, if you'd said to Celtic fans, it'll be Liam Scales... Mm. And, and Lager Bielka going into an opening Champions League game. I'm not sure they would have been delighted. You know, Nat Phillips was sort of brought in to bolster a depleted area. It looks like he might be injured as well. Is that going to be an issue? 
Well, listen, people thought it was going to be an issue going into the old forum game. They managed to keep mm. a clean sheet, and of course, we're, we're talking about a completely different test. It's Champions League football, but no, Liam Scales is not your most fashionable name, but I think he's performed really well since he's came in. I think again at the weekend you could see, you know, not only defensively was he very sound, he done well enough to to put off back Yoko for that sort of half chance in the second half. But I thought his distribution for the back was really good. Uh, like we said, we're, they're coming off a certainly a different test tomorrow night, but no. No, Lager Bielka being the one for four or five million pounds seems as if he's more nailed on to play. But I think right now, from what I've seen, Liam Scales has been the, the better performer yeah. of the two of them. It wasn't the weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, I'll completely agree with it. I think he was at Ibrox as well, was he not? Um, I think Aberdeen are missing him. Let me tell you, they're back three. Um, and he's done well. You can only, if you get a chance, you can only take your chance. And he's done all he can to take his chance. Um, I've seen Celtic at Celtic Park a couple of times this season, the 4 2 against Ross County. Even the 3-0 against Dundee, they will give you a chance. Um, it's just the way Celtic play. I can't see that changing tomorrow night. I think there'll be goals at both ends. I think it will be an entertaining game of football. What do you think, Celtic fans? Do you share Brian's optimism or is there a bit more of a fear in there for you? Maybe you're somewhere in the middle. Let us know either way. 01419511025 and we'll get you on after I tell you about this. Sometimes I can't flick through my little booklet quick enough to find the Make Me A Winner script You get that and then you, you pad and then and then eventually I find it So basically what you need to do is text YES to 61025 You think I'd know it off by heart Texts are £2 uh, plus your standard network rate You can enter at Clyde1.com and online entries cost £2 Or call 0330-880-4523 And the calls are charged at a standard rate as well It's over 18s only and entries since Maria won on Friday the 8th of September have rolled over there's quite a lot of rollover so all the rules for this network competition are online if you get the call from us after 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon which is Tuesday the 19th answer within 5 rings and say make me a winner straight away don't say anything else to win £74,000 text yes to 61025 for your chance to win 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday are desperate for you to get in touch They actually don't really like each other They're not that bothered about speaking to each other They'd rather speak to you So pick up that phone if you can uh, And get in touch with the guys Let them know what you're thinking That's exactly what John, who is a Celtic fan, has done Take it away, John Evening, Roger Andy and Hi John. Oh, yeah. uh, no, I was just asking the producer there if Nat Phillips was in the, the European squad. Cause I didn't know if he'd like, been signed in time. But tomorrow night, Roger, what do you think is playing Nat Phillips, Lager Bielka and Scales as a back three and like the two those, like, interchanging 3 5 2 5 3 2? Because obviously, this is a good team we're playing tomorrow night and they're scoring goals for fun now. Uh, listen, it is a good team, John, there's no doubt about it uh, Liam Scales excelled in a back three with Aberdeen in the second half of last season I'm just not too sure I think Brendan will probably stick with the back four Whether it's Lagerbiel or Phillips I think Liam Scales will definitely start I'm pretty sure, I mentioned it a minute ago I think Hatati mm. will be back in The one tweak, I wonder It tends to go with Kyogo and two wider players I wonder, I'm not sure Yang did enough at the weekend. I'm not sure Lewis Palmer's ready yet to be thrown into a game of this significance. There's obviously no Abada. Uh, so I wonder if, you know, you might have four in midfield for once. McGregor, Hatate, O'Reilly and Turnbull. 
and, and Maeda gets closer to Kyogo. Look, we, we do this a lot, John, because, you know, trying to find ways of basically doing better in the Champions League than our sides have done um, in recent seasons. But do you think it's likely that Celtic do that sort of out of nowhere, if you like, you know, having not really done it and and, and sort of changed their, their ideas that much? I get why you would want it to, to be more secure, but do you think it's likely? Hey, I don't know if they say not, but it'd be more like, there's obviously more a defensive situation, you know what I mean? But uh, I just think maybe it would be better for them, though, as I say, a prote- more protection for uh, the, the, the goalkeeper, etc. But as I know as Roger says, I think they, I said that to my mate yesterday, I think they'll go with a four in the midfield, maybe, you know what I mean? Uh, with Turnbull's been playing all right, but obviously Hattati had a good game in Saturday when they come on. But as I say, I, just, I, would, I don't know whether it's viable for them to play mm. if they're sort of no... Um, haven't been done about this thought for a bit more protection it's becoming certain arguments that we'll never get away from in this show it used to be like summer football or Celtic and Rangers going to England they were like now it's should you change your approach for Europe and on and on we go Andy you see the logic but you also I'd imagine the challenge there of you know like you know plucking a new formation out of nowhere or you know going straight from Dundee on Saturday to Feyenoord on, on Tuesday what, what, what will Celtic do what should they do can you drastically do something different we had it with Brendan Rodgers before we had it with Ange Postacoglu what's going to happen this time I think you can but I don't think they will uh, and listen 3-5-2 is a formation that Brendan Rodgers used in his first spell as Celtic manager he used it at Leicester on occasions as well I don't think he will uh, going in tomorrow you know, I'm reading between the lines here, but when he's talking about Celtic implementing their own DNA, that suggests to me there's not going to be too much of a change in terms of shape or style. Uh, you know, John talked about a bit more protection for the uh, for the defence. I think the inclusion of Hattati alone does that. I think he's more defensively minded than, than David Tumble. Uh, it will be interesting to see if, if David Tumble does play that sort of front free role that Roger's talking about, but I don't see too much change. Uh, I think you do have to adapt, don't get me wrong, because I think, no, sometimes you can be overly expansive in, in domestic football. We've seen it at Ross County, we've seen it at Petodre, and no, no disrespect for our teams in Scotland, but they're not going to punish you on too many yeah. occasions. I don't think that happens in European football. I think any any mistake, any lapse in con, uh, concentration will often be punished. So I think Celtic need to be guarded for that. I take it though, you know, more goes into it than play an extra, play an extra defender and that will solve it all. Yeah, listen, there's. You know how you press. You know when to press. You know your your shape when the ball's out wide. I think there's you know so much that you need to fit into a, effectively two days of training before the game mm-hmm. because it will be it will be an adaptation to how they play and defend against Dundee. Uh, but listen, I, I think the the fact that Feyenoord seems as if they don't have a recognised striker going into the game might play into their game plan as well because are they going to be playing with a, a midfielder up there that's more of a sort of false nine? Who knows? I think Brendan Rodgers and his staff will know more about that than than I certainly will. Uh, but like I says, I think that there'll be adaptations within it. I think they'll realise they're not going to have mm-hmm. as much control and possession as they do in domestic football, but I, I still expect them to have a game plan. I know you're, you're, a, you're a student of the game, so I'm just asking you to guess a little bit here. I know you're interested in coaching and all that sort of stuff. So what are what are the possible tweaks, if you like, that Celtic can make that's close enough to what they do now then? If you're not expecting you know, everything ripped up, what, what what's the little things that they can do to tailor it to European competition? Well, I think... Out of possession especially, uh, I think this season Celtic have pressed them more of a 4-4-2 which is a change for last year, uh, you see they'll try and get after the back four on any occasion and, and if there is a uh, a moment where they are played through, 
I still think they still try and get after the ball and still are pretty confident that they're going to get it back within three or four passes. I think they will try and get after Feyenoord, especially if they go kicks, but I do think if there is a, a break of lines and they do get played through, I don't expect them to then go chase the ball again. I think they'll retreat into a shape and then you know try and force it into certain areas and trigger for there, but uh, I don't think there'll be too much change in terms of in-possession because I don't think they can. I think, you know, to be more direct with Kyogo, yeah. potentially Yang Maeda up front, I don't think it works. And I think in-possession is the area where Celtic have been strong in Europe. I think even the games last year where you know, they didn't get results, Real Madrid, Shakhtar, I thought in-possession was never an issue. I just think you no know, tightening up defensively is, is an area they had mm. to improve. Right, let's thank John and bring in Ricky. Confident or not, Ricky? No, see, we're going to get and win, uh, but I think we can maybe get a, a result out of them. Maybe I think we could get a draw. Listen, we played far, far better teams every years in the Champions League. We weren't going to get results against Man United, Barcelona. We got results. We've got results every years. Now, tomorrow night, we're not playing one of the top sheets for the German, Spanish, or the English league. Who knows? I don't, okay, they're scoring a lot of goals in the Arena League. How strong is the Arena League against, you know, what they're going to come up against Celtic tomorrow night? Is there many teams in their league that are as good as Celtic are that have played this year? You know, so they've scored a lot of goals, which probably Celtic can be against some teams in their league. So I, I think we're kind of 50-50 there between the two years. Roger? Uh, listen, it'll be interesting. The, the beauty of it is, because it's Monday one, we don't really have a, a body of work to, to assess Feyenoord on. You know, we haven't seen Feyenoord playing Lazio or playing Atletico Madrid. So, Celtic go into to a certain degree, they go in blind. Um, the Dutch league, listen, you, you've seen PSV Eindhoven put five past Rangers in the Netherlands in a Champions League playoff qualifier. So, in their side, who didn't win the Dutch league? That's final of the Dutch champions. I know the point Andy's making about suspensions and injuries and the like. Um, they'll be decent. They will be a decent team, particularly going forward. I, th- I think a bit like Celtic. That's where they are. You know, the real strengths lie going forward, and less so at the back. So, listen, it wouldn't surprise me if it, if it was a one of these mad three-two games. Either way, I mean, Brendan Rodgers got a lot of stick for. Champions League performances than in his first spell, Roger. We're up against like the, the, the cream uh, of heard, the crop at times. I heard you make the point in the show on Friday night with Kenny and you. You know, Brendan did change. There was that night in the new camp. Yeah. He played five at the back. You know, he had Christian Gamboa playing and Lustig was playing. Tierney was tucked in, etc. Sometimes against a Barcelona or a PSG or a Bayern Munich in their pomp, mm. you just need to put your hand up and say. They're better than us. There's no disgrace in it. We look for the silver bullet, don't we? Because there's two ways of looking at that. You go, oh, they played the back five in the new camp and conceded seven, so it doesn't work. Or you could say, oh, maybe it would have been nine if they, do you know what I mean? Well, if they hadn't listen, played it that way. They, they also done it at the Etihad at Man City and got a result. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, listen, there's no blueprint that guarantees you any results. I'll, I'll flip it the other way. And Andy Halliday, Andy Halliday has gone to Celtic Park with various opposing teams. And they don't all sit in a Wednesday lunchtime to say, listen boys, this week we're going to play five at the back because it's Celtic away. Because sometimes the managers just think, our boys aren't used to playing a certain system. Why would I take them to Celtic Park to play a system that's alien to them? That's not going to help Mm. us. So maybe that's what Brendan Rodgers is thinking. You know, we play a back four every week. Guys are comfortable in it. They're used to it. They know their positions, out of the possession. They know where they should be in possession. 
why would I put another layer of confusion into their heads on the eve of a big Champions League game? I, th- I just think it'll be a bag four. Thank you, Ricky. It is that time of the night already. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna are unbeaten so far this season. That might not surprise you. They're both very good at beat the pundit. There are a couple of other pundits, maybe a bit more surprisingly, who are unbeaten as well. And if you want to come and topple one of these two, you've got a couple of minutes. You need to get your call in before 7 o'clock, 0141 951 1025, and your chance to beat the pundit is next. Tackle the headlines, 0141 Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday are here and they're looking for you to get in touch on 01419511025. So come on if you've just joined us. No idea where you've been, but I hope it's a good excuse. We were looking back on the game at McDermott Park at the weekend. Rangers fans, what did you make of it? Who stood out for you? Was there anything to build on? It's been a bit of a negative period on the back of bad results. So did you see anything that you want to take forward that you think was good? Anything that still worries you that you're still not sure about? Obviously an injury to Danilo as well. You can get your thoughts in on that. We spent a long time on Celtic's trip to Rotterdam tomorrow, but plenty more where that came from, I suspect. Such a big game seeing one of our teams back in the Champions League. So a bit of a, bit of a disparity so far. I think some callers were confident for tomorrow, others a bit more concerned. So what are you thinking? 01419511025. We play this first. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Right, it is Beat the Pundit time. A new week. It is 2410 to the pundits this season, apparently. Is that, is that good? I don't know. That's worse not, than not. not, not, not I would, I, I'm going to guess worse than previous seasons, though. Worse for the pundits? Absolutely. Yeah. Mark Wilson's lost, like, he went and lost like three or four in a row. For a while there, it's, yeah, it's been there's been some bad performance. It's really bad. Uh, anyway, tonight's contestant is James in Hamilton. How's it going, James? Aye, not bad. First time on this for you, James. Aye, aye. Yeah, that tends to be the way it is, uh, uh, James. I mean, have you ever listened to the show before? Is there a reason that you thought you would call on the hardest night of the week? I listen to it all the time. Just why do I go? See how going. I love that. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. Yeah. That's got to be the motto tonight, hasn't it? Uh, remember, Roger Hanna does start on minus one. Andy, not quite yet, although we'll think about it. Uh, maybe the next international break, we'll have a consultation. Um, heads, it will be Andy, Tails, it's Roger. Do you two usually sit in that order? No. No, no we don't. But Roger says See, he... I wonder if it's putting me yeah. off. Gordon Dale was to blame for this. Because Gordon Dale wanted to swap nights for me last week. Uh-huh. So I then get moved out here when Mark Wilson was in there. And I presume you get moved in yeah, there did, yeah. when Gordon Dale was out here. Oh. And it's chaos. Now, it's mixed with a. It's messed with it's us. Don't respect your old doesn't then. He says, ah, oh, I quite preferred it there last week. Ah, there you go. You More room. It. It's messing with my tossing technique. But anyway, heads it is. Oh. Andy Halliday tails. It's Roger Hanna. It's heads. Look at that. Always tails and then moving his heads. It's a disgrace. What does that mean? I'm it's confused. Me. Is no, that Andy? I'm confused as well. I think it's Andy. Now, after the, the fuss that Mark Wilson made and he was still going on about it in the show on Saturday, am I allowed to sit with my headphones on and listen to music? You can do whatever even, you like. Even though Andy's taking the question. You can do whatever you like, Good. honestly. Right, let's give Andy some greatest hits radio to listen to. Turn that up nice and loud, please. Uh, and we'll get James up and running. James, it's 30 seconds. Answer as many as you can and just pass if you don't know the answer. That would be my advice to you, okay? 
Top man, 30 seconds on the clock and your time starts now. Which team are the only Scottish League 2 side with City in their name? Edinburgh. In what year did Scotland last qualify for the Euros via the qualification groups? 96. Who's currently top of the Scottish Championship? Falkirk. A statue of Sir Alex Ferguson sits outside which Scottish ground? Aberdeen. True or false, Dundee United have a 100% winning record against Barcelona. False. Okay. Andy Halliday, bring him back. Can you hear us? Yes. Good. What's wrong, Roger Hanna? You look puzzled. Are you loving the music? I was enjoying the music. What was it this week? It was the original Never Can Say Goodbye, long before the communards. You should have heard it last... Do you know what it was last week? No. I caught him Andy Halliday tapping his toe to just can't get enough. Oh. He was he was bopping oh, away. Oh, 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 oh. Honestly, he certainly wasn't tapped my toe. That's for sure. The questions asked in your household. The, bo- <laughs> the, the border patrol on Copeland Road didn't let him back in oh, last yeah. week. <laughs> Checked his credentials, kicked him out. Anyway, right, Andy Halliday, thirty seconds. Same set of questions to you, and your time starts now. Who's the only team in Scottish League Two with City in their name? Elgin. In what year did Scotland last qualify for the Euros via the qualification groups? Ninety. Six. Who's currently top of the Scottish Championship? A statue of Sir Alex Ferguson sits outside which Scottish ground? Totally. True or false, Dundee United have a 100% winning record against Barcelona. True. Billy Dodds has just left which club? Inverness. At what club did Tom Lawrence play before Rangers? Derby. How many times have Hibs won the Scottish Cup? Two. Mm. I think it's three. <laughs> Alright, great. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, James, how do you think it went? No, nah, not too great. <laughs> he's, he's a tough nut to crack, I must say. I think he did all right, James. Let's find out which team's the only League Two side with Edinburgh uh, with City in their name. Sorry, you went Edinburgh, James. It oh, is Elgin. I'm an Edinburgh. They're back to Edinburgh City, aren't they? they yes, yeah. But they are in League One. Pointless, so. aren't they? Pointless. The only team in Scotland pointless oh, in Edinburgh City. Struggling. They are struggling. Anyway, um, so one 0 Andy Halliday. You both knew that '96 was the last Euro qualification <laughs> via the groups because 2020. Or 2021 as it turned out to be Was the playoffs Um, So it's 2-1 to Andy Wraith Rovers top of the championship 3-1 Andy You both got Pataudry for Sir Alex Ferguson A nice gentle question 4-2 to Andy A 50-50 James It is one of those It's truer than fiction Um, I mean 100% winning record for Dundee United Against Barcelona, Roger Hanna. Everything's true on Facebook. I know, I got that the wrong way round. I thought that <laughs> yeah, four games, four wins. Um, incredible, isn't it? Four games, four wins. Yeah, yep. it's four. It's not That's like it's one. Incredible. Um, Inverness, Cali Thistle, Billy Dodds. So, and James is out of time, but he had Derby for Tom Lawrence. So you were right. It is three for Hibs. Scottish Aye. Cup wins. But you, you got it wrong. So one, two, three, four, five, six. A 7 2 win for Andy Halliday. James, honestly, it's, he's, he's a man in form, isn't he? <laughs> Ah, hi, Brian. Superb. What are you thinking as a Rangers fan, though, generally, at the moment, James? Um, positive. Staying positive. Definitely. See some positive signs at the weekend? Aye, definitely. Mm. Definitely. It's a funny one, Roger. I think the weekend was like, like we say, you have... You can't just be negative all the time and you go away from home and sometimes we say it's, ju- it's just about getting the, the result, really. So, I mean, Michael Beale takes that, doesn't he? He, he moves on. Um... I wonder if there are still certain or what what certain areas he wants to really try and 
sort of understand what his best options are maybe because it feels like every week we're still debating you know well, is, it, is it Dessers or Danilo and well it can't be Danilo at the moment and is Sima doing enough and what is Matondo an impact player and, and what is Lammers offering enough yet it feels like none of this is going away yet but obviously three points is the priority it's difficult for us to know his preferred 11 because I don't think Michael Beale knows his preferred 11 um, six changes for the game at Perth at the weekend there a lot of the guys who had been away in international duty um, were replaced in the team Fascinated to see what he does on Thursday night against Betis. You know, the likes of Suter, Barisic, Jack, do they come back into the team? Who takes Danilo's place up top? Is it Dessers, as Andy said? Could, could he go with a front three of Matondo, Roof, and Sima? Is that far too attacking for a European game against La Liga opponents? So it's fascinating to see. But that week, Gordon, the week of PSV and Celtic, was so damaging for Rangers and so damaging for Michael Beal. It's going to take a lot more than mm-hmm. a 2-0 win at Perth to to recover the lost ground. Is that just the reality, Andy, that you, you can't fix it in one week anyway? So no. you, you you do what you can. I, I'm going to break my own rule here because I, I hate the managerial cliche about one game at a time. But in terms of sort of clawing back the goodwill, it's about, is it about all you can do, really? Yeah, uh, listen, it's um, certainly not done enough to silence the, uh, the doubters, but... I think more importantly, you didn't want to loud in them with any mm-hmm. any poor performance or any any more drop points. So, I think listen, it's going to take time off the back of what was probably Michael Beale's biggest week in charge when it went to, away to PSV for qualifi- uh, qualification at the Champions League group stage, and then obviously the first Old Firm game of the season. So, um, listen, it's not it wasn't an electrifying performance, but it was what needed. It was what was needed. Sorry, with three points. You're looking forward to Europe this week, James? Can you? You know, is, is there any is there any fear there because Rangers haven't been in a brilliant place, or, or do you think they can? No, I, I don't think they've got anything to lose, really. To be honest, yeah, I do, think. No, I'm quite confident. Yeah, where does the expectation fall there? I'll take a draw. I'll yeah. take a draw. Nah, I, I think the expectation of Rangers fans, off the back of going all the way to Seville two years ago, the minimum expectation will be to get through the group. So a bit like I said with Celtic going to final earlier on the show, Thursday night doesn't define what, what Rangers do in the group. Rangers need to get enough points to get through. Betis will be the most difficult opponent for Rangers. And if Rangers are going to accumulate enough points to get through, probably need to do so against Aris Limassol and Sparta Prague. Because um, I tend to agree that a draw might not be a disaster for Rangers mm-hmm. Come Thursday night because Betis, I know they lost 5 0 at Barcelona at the weekend, but they're a decent team. Um, and look, we'll get to obviously an in depth preview of that game a bit later in the week, having to wait until Thursday. Um, it's not only the phones, you can get in touch, obviously, Twitter as well. So I've got a couple on here. I touch wood, um, and maybe I'm getting ahead of ourselves. Every Monday night, I, I don't think we've had anywhere near the same sort of Monday night referee drama from no, the weekend. Not at all, no. The, the, um, yeah, he hates the refs. Um, but apart from that, you know, it's been a bit, a bit quieter. However, there've been a, a couple of tweets come in. People wanting your thoughts. So David Gibson has sent me a screenshot uh, of the Rangers offside goal from the weekend, yeah. and saying, "Is anyone commenting on the shambolic decision to give offside for this?" You got any thoughts? Well, I think well, that's probably the, in my opinion, the most positive aspect of VR is the. Yeah. The line of fact, as I like to call it, when it comes to offside decisions, and you know, although you see the replays and the the camera angle isn't quite what you're after, but you know that's what the technology is for to work it, out. It was the same attacking phase of play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about the Arsenal disallowed goal yesterday then at Everton? That's different, though, wasn't it? Uh, it was a, a more I think, a debate about active 
you know, um, what's the word, deliberate play and all yeah, that sort of stuff. Play, wasn't yeah, deliberate play, Beto gets a touch on the ball. This, is a, this but, is a bit more of a straightforward, is he offside or is he not? But I think the point David's making, and it's, I'll be honest, right, full disclosure here, I was at Perth um, at the weekend um, and I was working alongside Chris Boyd and we were oh, both... Oh, sorry, I thought you meant you were up on the bus. Uh, and we were both looking at that, as we, like everybody did, and going, oh, well, that looks onside. Yeah, that, it looked that, tight. There were sort of fans shouting over, is that going to be given? I think, yeah, probably, probably looks onside. So I, I feel the same as David, but I think, well, see, for these ones, Roger, do not need to take our headspace somewhere else. Whether I think it looked offside, or whether David thinks it uh, onside, sorry, or whether David thinks it looks onside, or whether you or Andy thinks onside, is entirely irrelevant. It doesn't. Yeah. The Hawkeye driven bit of the technology is there so that you don't have to judge it off a picture. I know I'm, that's the bit that people see. But even in, a, even in the, the biggest league and all that, I was disappointed to hear um, in that, was it was it the Arsenal game, bang, banging on about, you know, or the angle of the camera. That's the point. The technology, that's yeah. the bit that you pay for so that the technology is meant to be able to tell if it's offside or not, regardless, regardless of what yeah. angle the camera shows you. And by the way, how unlucky is Kamar Roof? You know, he he's onside, but he loses that goal. And the old firm game, he scores... And it's Dessel's foul that the goal mm. gets chalked off for. They, lo- they lose one earlier on as well. Was it Ross County? I know he scored mm. at Ross County. One chalked off, I can't quite remember. I think he did another one chalked off this can't season, certainly. Either. I mean, he's, he's, he's so unfortunate. He could have had half a dozen goals almost this season. I, look, it's just a personal thing because it's worth repeating. I thought at the time that looked onside as well, but it's just not, it's just not trust. the point, you is need, it? Listen, we put our trust in the officials, in the VAR truck, that the technology works mm. and that the technology is correct. And to be fair, that, that that's the point, though, to pick you up, to, to be pedantic. There, you're not really putting your trust in the officials, you're putting your trust in the technology. In the tech, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, t- up to a point, I know you can you can nitpick that phrase a little bit, I suppose, but... Um, and the other one, someone tweeted as well, just whilst we're on a roll, Graham says, can you talk about how Celtic... Um, Craig D says, please clear this up, regards the Rangers offside, when the two lines are touching, is that not deemed as onside? But again, that's the point, it might look like they're touching yeah. in the image, yeah. but they won't be, because the the, the Hawkeye bit then, they find the point, the, the last point, the furthest forward point of the attacker and the, the last point of the defender, you plot where that is, and then it tells you if, there, if that gap is there. Yeah. They don't zoom in, and then the, the, the VAR doesn't go, are those lines, you know, it it kind of does a bit of it for you, not at all. Um, but like I say, that image that goes to the broadcast, and if you think that they're touching, they're not, basically. Yeah. I think is kind of what you have to... Um, you just have to accept. I know it's not easy. I did it myself, like I said, at the weekend. So I tell you what, Tony Doherty was more... Uh, begrudged by the officials well, that me and Roger have been there you are because Graham says can you talk about how Celtic were awarded that penalty it was the exact same situation with Dessers when he was penalised for a defender kicking his foot but the Dundee player was penalised for kicking Turnbull's foot how Roger? Um, actually Tony Doherty when he got spoke to him after the game and he wasn't at that stage particularly aggrieved I think he thought young Ryan Howley had been a little bit naive in attempting to win the ball at that area the position of the ball is a bit of a red herring. It's outside the box when the challenge is made. But the challenge by Howley on Turnbull is on the line. On the line for the purposes of penalty kicks is inside the box. The referee, Grant Irvin, I thought was very mm. well positioned, but has just judged it to be a free kick. 
in the VAR, Stephen Kirtland has intervened to say it's a penalty kick. And I think they've probably, I think the tech has probably got it right. To be honest, I, I think it's a penalty as well. I think um, you've been in both situations, an attacker and a defender. And I think if you're a defender going in at that pace to try and nick a ball, and if you don't win it, mm. I think you fully ex- got to expect a foul against you. I actually brought up the scenario, I know you just mentioned it, with, you know, if Dessers goes down mm. under the contact for Laga Bielka, do Rangers then get a free kick? Uh, who knows? I've always had this thing where... That, you can think what you like about incidents. I, I do think we sometimes get ourselves in a bit of a tangle though when we we sometimes compare two things yeah, and we, we, yeah. we make out that they're identical when they're not. So I, I am making no judgment on whether Dessers was right and Turnbull is wrong or, or vice versa. I, but, think Turnbull uh, but, was more, I think Turnbull was more clean cut. But, but on this occasion, Turnbull has his foot planted and he's about yeah. to get to the ball and I think the perception of the last one from the referees presumably was that Lager Bielka was in control of the ball. I will repeat for the umpteenth time. You don't have to agree with that, yeah. but I'm not sure they are, they're the exact same. No, not. Whatever you think of think, them, I don't, I don't know they if they're the exact same, to- are they? Yeah. Tony Dockett actually mentions the word cute. And I think that's exactly what David Tumble is. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's mm. something you're sort of taught to be a bit cute mm. when you're growing up, especially as an attacker. If you can use your body in certain scenarios to buy free kicks or buy fouls. And I think that's exactly so is what that, Is that the bit that, that kind of sways it for you is because Tumble gets there first and puts that foot down, plants it? Yeah, and then, I, then you get the contact. I think so. And he, he, he almost sort of anticipates the contact. And like I said, you know, I've been there as a defender. And if you think you've got a chance to go and win a ball, and you go in at a certain speed, and you don't win it, and you make contact with an opposition, you're fully expecting a foul to go against you. And just maybe a small point, maybe as a semantics to some people, but on that occasion, Roger. So the free kick's been given. Mm-hmm. So actually, VR's only checking to see whether it's inside the box or not. Yeah. It's a factual decision at yeah. that point. It's not actually being asked to necessarily rule on the award of the of the offence. Yeah. That makes sense. Just mm-hmm. just about where it is. Yeah. But had Grant Irvin, for reasons known only to him, had he waved play on, then there would have been a VAR check for a penalty. Mm. I don't think it would have been... If he gave it the initial penalty, I don't think it would have been a clear and obvious enough error for that to be to be overruled either. Anyway, right, 01419511025 or Twitter as those points came in via Twitter there. Um, good time to get in touch and we'll get a full-time teaser for these two next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Listen and watch. Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141-951-1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna make a rod for their own back. They're too smart for their own good when it comes to beat the pundit and the full-time teaser, so it means we have to dig out the difficult questions for them on a Monday. And that's exactly what Dylan Patton has done for us. I love this question. I really, really do. Let's get it up and running. The full-time teaser with Sliding Wardrobe Solutions East Kilbride. Tackle your customers' spaces with made-to-measure wardrobes. Can you name nine Scots who've made over 100 appearances in the English Premier League but have fewer than 10 caps for Scotland? Wow. Can you name them? Nine Scots who've made over 100 appearances in the English Premier League but have fewer than 10 caps. Caps for Scotland. Oh, cracker. Oh, what a question. Lately, do end it? Gary Naismith. No. <sighs> I reckon he'll have more than he'll yeah. have more than ten caps. Uh, yeah. What about uh, Paul Telfer? 
Honestly, Roger, he goes straight in with the best one in terms of disparity between appearances and caps. 319 English Premier League appearances, one cap. Well done. How, how many, sorry, nine? Hmm? Nine? nine? Um, yeah. And this is going to sound daft. They all have caps, there's none of them uncapped. Mm, oh, they, um, there is one that's uncapped, I'll give you that. Uh, but only one. Oh, Leeds centre half. Oh. Do you mean Dominic Matteo? Dominic Matteo. Hmm? Dominic Matteo. Six caps, 276 English Premier League appearances. Well, I'm well, liking your work, gentlemen. Well, Quick, one more, one more. Um, it's always a goalie in there. Oh. Always a goalie. The crazy thing about this, I think there's only. There's only one that I would consider obvious, and this is English Premier League since '92. Yeah, yeah, will be. Uh, uh, yeah, this, yeah, assume so. Scott Arfield doesn't count, does he? No, no, no. Oh, what about his teammate? George, George, George Boyd. One hundred and one English oh, Premier League appearances, beautiful. two caps. Okay, we'll leave it there, and uh, we'll see if the guys can get the answers between now and the end of the show. Thanks again to Dylan for sending that. It's a wonderfully cracking question. question. It's really good, I must admit. Uh, right, let's hear from John, who's a Rangers fan on the line. How are you, John? Hi, good evening, guys. Hey, John. What are you thinking then? Hi. Is it about the weekend? Is it about Europe? Is it a bit of both? No, I was saying that to your producer there. Um, I don't know what one of your guys says that uh, they'd be happy with a draw um, for the European tie on Thursday. I think it was a caller, actually. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think it was a caller, yeah. Is it, you, it, I, I detect you're about to disagree with that, no? Uh, I would be looking and I would probably, if I was a gambling man, I would think most of the Rangers fans in the stadium would be looking for a must-win to get the points uh more so with the chat that's going on that uh, Real Betis has got plenty of injuries and selling one of the best players to Saudi Arabia. So I, I would be looking personally for a, a must-win and I think uh, that's what I'd be looking for. Yeah, I know, but what does that mean, right? That phrase, I think when people say it, they, they mention it because as in if you don't win, like Michael Beale's in bother or, or whatever, when you say must win, do you just mean for the chances of, of progressing in the group or do you mean the manager needs to win it? No, I think for just, like, show this chat about Michael Beale, Michael Beale's a couple of games away from getting a sack. Personally, we've got a whole new team here. I think we need to be patient. As a Rangers supporter, um, yeah, I want us to win trophies, I want us to win the league, but, see, to be honest with you, we need to stick with Beale the players that's come in, we need to be patient, we need to work around it to try and have that success rather than all this negativity. Uh, and I know it happens in football, you know, managers get three, four games and they get bumped. Uh, just what happened to uh, Billy Dodds, I think he just signed a new contract and yeah. three, four games in and he's been sacked. I know that's the nature of football and that's just the way it goes. But for me, I would rather see Bill here. I would rather see his progress and hopefully getting better because it's not been the greatest. But for me, um, it's the three points uh, in, in progressing uh, with the uh, Europa League uh, on Thursday night, personally. But listen, I think this will be a difficult game for Rangers. Um, if it was either of the other two teams in the group, Aris Limassol or Sparta Prague, I would probably agree with John and say it probably is must win for Rangers. Um, I know Betis have injury problems, they're down to a third-choice goalkeeper. 
they have let players go, but they've still got a star-studded squad. You know, the likes of Isco, they've got um, Borga Iglesias, who's a Spanish international centre-forward, Ayuse Perez, who was at Leicester, Mark Rocco, who was at Leeds last season. So they have quality through the team. There's no question about that. Hector Bellerin, it was the Arsenal right-back for years. They, they will pose, pose a danger to Rangers. I don't think, at the minute, this is the most crucial game for Michael Beale. In fact, of the next four games, and John will know the next four games for Rangers are all at Ibrox, of the next four games, I think this is actually the least important for Michael Beale, his future and his job prospects. Yeah, I mean, Andy, I think maybe, my, my guess would be the reason, because John sounds very patient and, and understanding, which is fine, and but not, not all Rangers fans are. And I suspect part of the reason would be that, although it is... There are elements of a new team that John mentions. We are now getting down the line a little bit. It was Michael Beale. He referenced it at the weekend. He said mm-hmm. nine games, so it's presumably ten now. And I think he said, what was it, four... Uh, he referenced the number of training sessions they had had, I think. Was it 46? 40-something. Um, and then also, out of the ten outfield players on Saturday, two were new signings. Mm-hmm. Is that maybe why some fans aren't quite as patient? Yeah, potentially. I know I- I agree with what Roger said I said it last week that I still don't believe he knows his best 11 again that that 11 we've seen, we seen at the weekend Rangers have still not played the same 11 in consecutive games in fact it's been a different 11 every single game this season so it'll be interesting to see how many changes there are again going into Thursday uh, I agree in terms that I don't see it as a must win but I think there's certainly pressure there for Rangers to get through in the group I was actually surprised at the amount of callers we had at the sort of start of the season that says Rangers some Rangers fans didn't want to qualify for the Champions League group stage because they wanted a more priority in terms of going on another Europa League run. So I think the pressure is certainly there to go and qualify. Betters are clearly, obviously, the uh, probably the toughest opponents in the group. I actually watched the game against Barcelona at the weekend, and at 0-0, Real Betts had two or three yeah. great chances to uh, to go 1-0 one, uh, one up. But no, clearly, uh, it's going to be a difficult task. But I, I fully expect Rangers to go and win the game, to be honest. I think they'll yeah. need to improve in the performances that they have done, but they've showed in Europe they're certainly capable of that. Did you get... Positives from the weekend, John, that that you think are at least a, a kind of platform to build on. I don't really think you can judge. No, uh, no disrespect to St. Johnson, I don't think you can judge um, that game at all. Uh, again, three points, it's great, but performance might have not been what we're all looking for. Um, but as 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 the your guy says there, um, we don't know. He doesn't really know what he's playing. I think there's just so much inconsistency going on within the team that, and um, that's the reasons why. Um, and he's got all these strikers, so he's he's a bit of a pick mix who he's actually wanting to play. Um, but look, it's a must win. Me personally, as I said earlier on, it's a must win for the guys and in, in Thursday I with the fifty odd thousand behind us. Uh, you know, like the atmosphere is uh, in, in Europe at Ibrox at the best of times. So that hopefully can spur us on and, and we can um, see a few guys that's not maybe shown mm. what they're capable of doing and do it on Thursday night and, and kick start on through there. Yeah, because like, I no doubt we're about to embark on European football season for our clubs and at some point, somebody will phone in and say, ah, what can our clubs do? I mean... Look at the look at the budget. What are they supposed to do? Look at the budget disparities out there. Well, if that's the case, St Johnston should not even come close to laying a glove on Rangers. They shouldn't, if, if we're yeah. going to use that logic. But at the same time, um, I saw people observing on Saturday that St Johnston do really look like they're struggling. Um, not just that Rangers game, obviously, but I know it's all about the Glasgow's big two at times in this show. Are you 
already very fearful for St Johnson. They were my tip to get down and I haven't done anything to dissuade me from that yeah. notion. I listened to the show, as I said, from Celtic Park on Saturday. Hugh Keevens was especially disparaging about the like the form and the word ability was used again of the St Johnson players going forward. Um, I mentioned I've seen... The goalie's good. The goalie's very good. Mm-hmm. But I've seen the likes, I saw Dundee on Saturday at Celtic Park. I've seen Ross County at Celtic Park as well. Um, they look better than St Johnson, I have to say. Livingston are doing that thing of picking up points again. So St Johnson very quickly, I think, need to rally and make sure that they stay in touch with those above them. Difficult game on Saturday. They go to Hibs, Nick Montgomery's first game at Easter Road. That's not going to be easy for St Johnson either. Um, Steve McLean's got a lot of new players in. I think he needs mm. to gel them quickly. OK, let's do an impromptu section on... Strugglers then Because you might have tipped St Johnson to go down And you're very happy with your predictor skills Did you have Aberdeen to be joint bottom at this stage With no wins yet? Well Andy will be nodding in a second I didn't have Aberdeen to be bottom with no wins yet And I think it's going to get worse for Aberdeen Before it gets better Is my prediction Because they're about to enter into I think it's Is it seven games in 22 days? They got a little respite at international break in October and then they have a similar run after that. They're playing Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday the way Andy and Hearts did in their Conference League group last season. It puts an enormous burden on the players physically and mentally and away to Frankfurt, you wouldn't fancy that as your opening fixture. You then come back, you've got a home and away with Ross County away in a via play cup quarter final in Dingwall next Wednesday night and then you go to Ibrox at the weekend uh, it's it's really a big big ask for Barry Robson and always a you know a new look squad that's struggling to gel together just careful what you say around this guy because <laughs> I can just see the headline tomorrow morning crocked hearts star slaughters Aberdeen performance at Tynecastle but they did get a bit of stick for it and uh, what did you observe? You're going to have to put this diplomatically, I suspect. Yeah. Oh, th- listen, I, I don't think it's it's been too outlandish to say I was surprised even the level of performance and you know a lot was spoke about their style of play which is probably the thing that shocked me the most. I think Kerry Roos took about 85 free kicks in, the, in, uh, in Aberdeen's own half so I was surprised at that especially when clearly their uh, main two threats are Mijowski and Duke. I thought we'd done really well to contain them. I thought they were pretty quiet in the game. But listen, like we've said, or like I've said, when it comes to comes to Rangers and Celtic and ourselves and other teams, is you know they, they've got a lot of new players, especially especially in certain areas of the pitch. I think you know the three centre halves that played at Tinkers at the weekend are all new. Uh, left wing backs new. They're, they're trying to integrate certain new players in the team, so it is going to take time. But I don't think they've got that much time when you're when you're when when you're, when you're on such a run of results, and then to sort of. Go on top of that I don't think your next game You want to be Frankfurt away That's for sure and, and Duke Isn't playing well Don't think he's got a goal yet This season has he I think they're only one In the last seven or eight games Away at Stirling Albion That Friday night Listen I think Aberdeen Are in for a really Really difficult run Between now And the next international break I think they've got enough quality In the team though To turn it round Don't get me wrong I think no, Barry Robson got a lot of credit towards their, their, their performances and obviously results towards the end of last season and rightfully so and I do think they've got a lot of quality in there but I think at the back especially I think you see how desperate they were to get Liam Scales in before the deadline 
Uh, you know the boy Reese Williams just came up and loaned for Liverpool. I don't think he's played a minute yet. Mm. Um, no. So I think at, at the back is an area where they'll they'll be able to improve. Uh, right, one four one nine five one one zero two five. Still more to come. Looking back in the weekend, what about you, Motherwell and St Mirren fans? That was a great fixture. That a local one for us. St Mirren leapfrogging Motherwell into second place. A wonderful start to the season. Motherwell fans, I think, pretty pleased with the performance all round despite the defeat. So if you've any thoughts on that one, that might be a nice uh, game for us. Uh, to move on to or you can keep going with European stuff for whatever it is that tickles your fancy get your calls in please Milo has sent me some tweets he's given it a go this full time teaser can you name nine Scots who've made more than 100 English Premier League appearances but have fewer than 10 Scotland caps an incredible question that so Paul Telfer Dominic Matteo and George Boyd Um, Tom Kearney no, apparently. Ooh. I wonder, I wonder why. Uh, you can see the question on screen on the live stream, by the way, and it's out there on Twitter as well if you want to... To go guess, guess. Uh, yeah. To take part. What about Phil Bardsley? Let me just launch my own Stuart's inquiry him. very quickly, just in case it... Uh, I wonder why. Maybe not quite get the, the appearances, Tom Kearney. Wow, I'm surprised no. at Because he's only got two Scotland caps. Yeah, I must admit, do a wee Stuart's inquiry for you on there, but anyway. Phil Bardsley? No, no, no! Wow, I had him down as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Almost don't want to say his name after that infamous miss, but Chris Ibalumo. No, he would have a hundred Premier League appearances. Uh, I don't think. What about John Flegg? No. Graham Dorans. No. Chris Martin. No. There's a lot. There's a lot. Right, happening I'll here. tell you why. Just quickly, I'll, I'll just. I'm going to just reset your thinking a little bit. Yeah. These are all from a. That's kind of certain era They're mm-hmm. all a bit earlier now Alright, oh, okay I, I, I would say George Boyd will be about the oh, most recent one Roger, I'm uh, It's a bit harder for you now, Andy, I must say Did you say there's one on Captain? Yes it's not Alec Cleland, is it? No Ooh. Let's just say I thought you had him But but still but Alec still. Ray It's our old pal, oh. Alex Ray 102 English Premier League appearances never capped Still Premier League though Yeah, so yeah So Premier League does Um right. What about the one that I said there is one that I, that I don't know what, uh, how this is going to help you. There is one obvious one. As in, this guy had a really prominent, really prominent English Premier League career. Mm-hmm. And he just didn't win many caps. But maybe not. Maybe your um, your failure to win caps is not always purely about oh. ability. Oh, no, no. I was going to say, No. I was going to say Ed McGeady, but no, 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 no. I thought that was the tangent you were no, going. No, no, no. So I'm just saying, like, mate, there are other reasons that you might not win. It's not just because you weren't good enough to represent Scotland more than you ten may have times. Deemed you didn't want to go and play no, for Scotland. Yeah. Maybe just kind of you know, fallouts, disciplinary issues. Oh. No. Alan McGregor's got to have more than ten caps. No, of course he's got more than ten caps. I'm trying to go off your clue, Duncan Ferguson. Duncan Ferguson oh, Come on go. That's That's poor really isn't it That's the most obvious one Arguably not That's what I'm saying nah, it's poor Only seven caps Right okay You've got a few more to get And we will get them next Number one For football In Glasgow and the West 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard We're on the home straight with Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna They've got work to do in this teaser and it's a great question This is the exact type of question that Andy Halliday is going to take into the Hearts dressing room tomorrow That Roger Hanna is going to take into the Scottish Sun office So that people across the country will be 
copying and pasting onto group chats as we speak. Yep. Nine Scots who've made over 100 appearances in the English Premier League, but have fewer than 10 caps for Scotland. Paul Telfer, Dominic Matteo, Duncan Ferguson, Alex Ray and George Boyd. Four to get. What about David Speedy? Mm-mm. Nope. Um, David Murphy No That just see the way you said that It just sounded like you had just made up a name No no Is, is that the <laughs> Hibs, Hibs in Birmingham? Yeah I know who you mean is He's not Scottish though no. is he? Is he not over there you go <laughs> Name one he's not um, Probably too early for the Premier League Kevin McDonald Liverpool No Oh no I thought you meant Kevin McDonald Fulham Burnley Nah ignore yeah. him as well He's trying, trying to think Some of the ones all there at a time Bradford Gary Locke Didn't no, get 100 no, games no, Today for no, Bradford no, 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 no. Tell you what, who, who Kevin Kyle, Dylan Patton sent the question in. Dylan's got us this week, hasn't he? Oh, that's a good one, absolute belter. Cracker, I can't believe, right? You've spent one week with him and you've channeled your inner Gordon DL. No one, no one should ever hear that phrase, right? But he, it has happened here because he's got a little catchphrase he always uses, and you're on it. There is a goalie, right? I'll give you I that much. It. There is a goalie, and this goalkeeper has an added significance to the Scotland national team above and beyond just his Scotland career. There's my cryptic clue for you on that one. All right, anyway. You want to talk about St Mirren and Motherwell over the weekend? Second and third, respectively, in the Scottish Premiership at the moment. Um, Stephen Robinson's just got this league sus, doesn't he? Listen, I think St Mirren fans that I know were thrilled to finish in the top six last season and I think there was a bit of scepticism as to whether they could do it again because it had been so long. Was it the best league finish since 1985 or 86 or something, Gordon? But they've actually kicked on. They actually they look stronger. Andy's Hearts go there to Paisley on Saturday. There will not be an easy game for Andy's Hearts team. And fair play to Stephen Robinson. He did a lot of the groundwork at Motherwell. Um, and he's taken a few of the players with him to Paisley. And, and they've been absolutely terrific. You cannot argue with the way they play. And a lot of St Mirren fans very excited. And a lot of Motherwell fans like yourself excited as well. They did lose. Mm. They played very well against Slattery, Spittle. They're playing some terrific football at the minute under Stuart Kettlewell. First defeat in the league since April, was that correct? I think you would go unbeaten for another five months. I think you'd take that. Slattery and Spittle's combination in Motherwell's midfield is exciting, Andy. But obviously, it, you know the priority here is who wins the game. St Mirren were... Um, for the team that came away with three points, that's a brilliant start to the season for them, isn't it? Yeah, it was some Jogger Benito stuff I've seen from Slattery and Blair Spittle and sort of follows up with that uh, worthy one that I gave goal of the week, begrudgingly, sorry, the week before when it, uh, they scored against Hearts at Tynecastle. But listen, Stuart Kettlewell said it, and I think as a manager that can be as positive as you can possibly be after a defeat because I think he yeah. sees the... Know what they've been working on since he, he, he got the job in February. I think he's seen it in fruition in the second half. Some of the football they played was outstanding. But one thing I will say about Stephen Robinson St Mirren is I just don't see them conceding that many goals mm. this season. I think that's the way it. I think they're, they're shape out of possession. I think they're so compact, they're so tight. I think they've made signings in good areas where they're going to go and hurt teams mm. in the other way. And uh, spoke about him at the top of the show. I think Ryan Strain. I think he's he's right up there with the most creative player in the league. I'm going to say that now because I think any time I've watched St Mirren. I'm saying three, four chances he's creating a game easily. Uh, and and you not know, to touch on what Roger uh, talked about at the, uh, the, the start of the show, I think there's so much influence in 
sort of encouragement for him mm. and Tanza to join the attack and get forward and, and try and be that creative spark that St Mirren need and I think they've done that this show oh, honestly oh. this show just amazes you at times right 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 on cue think about the match that we're talking about and what if I told you that a former Motherwell captain but current St Mirren COO had sent in a message with an answer to the teaser <sighs> I mean, no honestly, that, that is just incredible. You just don't get that anywhere else. Absolutely. That's the terrific. power and the reach. Just text me with it, Laz. Um, and he's got, it's the one I gave the clue about the goalie. Yeah. He's Brian Gunn. Brian Gunn. Angus's feather. Well done. Anyway, um, in terms of our quick whistle stop tour around the other talking points from the weekend, then St Mirren, Mo- uh, Motherwell, St Mirren was a good one. Great result, St Mirren. Good performance, Motherwell. So maybe no one's really overly disappointed there. What were the balance between. Like, you know, f- delight at the start, but frustration at the, the end for Nick Montgomery being his first well, first game Nick in Nick Montgomery and his new green jumper. I know it's, that. it's, just, it's a Hibs edition, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely seems to be. Nick Montgomery will have learned more from the period of the game when Hibernian conceded the two goals than he would have done early on. You know Hibs can score goals. They've got you on one side, Boyle on the other, Dodge and Venta up front. That's fine, they'll score goals. But the way... The, I don't they say folded, folded's too spectacular a word, but the way they wobbled after conceding that first goal will give Nick Montgomery an insight into what has been the main problem at Hibs for a long time now. Um, you can get at Hibs and they can't stop you from getting at them. Um, he will want a, a good home win, a good home win against bottom of the table St. Johnson on his first home game come the weekend. Because it's not too long till they go to Tynecastle, and you know what that means. Uh, well, listen, I, I don't know what the record is for the, the quickest goal in Scottish football, but Nick Montgomery nearly got it in his first five seconds, it felt That's like, right, because yeah. I mean, Martin, Martin Boyle's Boyle, chance for, the, uh, for Kilmarnock's kickoff incredibly as well. And I, I, I think Roger's got it spot on. I don't think Hibs', Hibs issues have ever been going forward and attacking and scoring goals. I think defensively they've been a bit frail. Uh, but again I think it is going to be a case that he's going to take plenty of positives from the game he's went at a a ground and a team that's I think are going to win a lot of points at home this season I think they're going to be a difficult venue for anyone I think Rangers and Celtic will tell you that Uh, so that for me I think they took a point before the game especially how the the sort of form and results have went so far but uh, obviously going 2-0 you'll be incredibly disappointed not to see it through and then Robbie Dees obviously has the chance at the end to to win it for Kilmarnock as well centre half finish isn't it it is indeed yeah what did they say nosebleed uh, territory, I think, but yeah, I think that pretty much rounds us off. There was a a largely uneventful afternoon between Ross County and Livingston. Well, it's not uneventful if you're a Livingston um, bus driver. Well, no, that's that was certainly eventful. They barely got there in time. Well, they didn't get there in time. Um, yeah, I don't know if that was a classic, was it? I'm not sure if it was a classic. Um, I think Malky McKay will view it as points dropped. David Martindale will probably quite gladly take the point that he got up there having having fallen behind in the game. And Livingston are just doing what Livingston do. They're, they're picking up points against the St Mirrens, against the Ross Counties. They, they'll be fine. Ross County, Petaudry on Sunday, I think already Malky McKay will have one eye on that League Cup quarter-final at home to Aberdeen next okay, Monday. OK, let's round off this teaser. And thanks to the good folks at... Sliding Wardrobe Solutions East Kilbride for helping us out with this as well Nine Scots More than 100 appearances in the English Premier League But fewer than 10 caps for Scotland Paul Telford, Dominic Matteo, Duncan Ferguson Brian Gunn, Alex Ray and George Boyd Keith Lasley, quit while you're ahead Because he sent me another one and it's wrong <laughs> It was Scott Gemmell if it helps you Oh, he's got a few caps uh, Paul Devlin? Nope 
I'm I'm toiling. I'll be honest. One of them might have fewer than ten caps, but again has a hugely significant link to the Scotland national team. Mm-hmm. Oh, but Steve Clark, Steve Clark. Oh Steve Clark. wow! There we go. <laughs> Uh, the last two okay. oh, I don't know is it just proper clue time now we're in that territory nah, for me anyway okay my pal she's texting me I don't think it's right Barry Bannon it's not right he's yeah. even played in the Premier League pal. exactly tell your pal honestly <laughs> seriously come on step up is to that the you that texts you that? It's, it's his birthday as well today my happy pal. birthday 55 today Simon well, happy well birthday well done Simon apart from that answer um, back to the cake I'm thinking Crystal Palace Dougie Friedman no this guy would be linked with Crystal Palace. Bradford, Leeds. Sorry, Leeds would be the another would be the main one probably for the Premier League. Crystal Palace and Leeds. Managed Livingston. David Hopkins. David oh, Hopkins. And the last one. Oh, this season, uh, hundred and fourteen English Premier League appearances, five caps. I think Portsmouth which is the club you're looking for. Oh, one oh. of the. I mean. Oh, with no uh, disrespect. To black him. long hair. Yeah. Oh, I'll just about do it. Oh, this is going to annoy me. Like an episode of Guess Who with Randy. Mm-hmm. Come on, I teed you up with the Dominic Matty. Long black hair. You should wear the headband. That's like pretty much head. it. There's, oh. there's not much more to add. He must have played for someone else, but it's definitely Portsmouth that sticks out. No. I'm still not getting this. No. We do this, Hugh, it gets to this point, Hugh Keevens just always looks at me and says, Initials? <laughs> yeah, are we at that stage? I know it. Will it's that help you? My tongue. Well, initials. What position use? Richard Hughes Well done Andy Halliday Richard Hughes There we go What a week We have in store All starts tomorrow Champions League football Group stages There's a Scottish team in it We're looking forward to it Final against Celtic And even after that The madness will continue Rangers and Aberdeen Later in the week as well So you're not going to want To miss a beat this week Join us from 6 tomorrow With Mark Wilson And Gordon DL Of course you can Watch the show back On YouTube uh, you can get your podcasts as normal wherever you get your podcasts so please do and please subscribe to the YouTube page as well uh, and Callum Gallagher is up next he's giving tickets away to see Jason Derulo so Hugh Keevens if you're listening I know that will be right up your street so give him a call uh, and see if you can get involved but we're back at 6 tomorrow